0: Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Florida. And today is Monday, November 12th, 2018, and this is the 7 a.m. Meeting. And today we are reading from the Big Book. We are in the chapter of Vision for You. We are on page 156. And we will be reading two paragraphs, starting with the first full paragraph, One Morning He Took the Bull by the Horns, ending with Have Been Repaired in Four. And today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Javi K., The Twelve Traditions, Esther F. Our text readers are Ginger C., Allison L., Craig F., And our new camera greeter today is Leslie M., and the host for the second hour is Penny C. And the share ID for yesterday, Sunday, November 11th, 2018, the special edition meeting is 12166. OA Preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Javi K. to read the 12 steps of way for us, please. Good morning.
1: This is Javi K. from Brooklyn, New York. The 12 steps, one. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Have a good day, everyone. I pass.
0: Thank you, Javi Kay. I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 traditions of OA for us, please.
2: Good morning. This is Esther F., a recover compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Esther F. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, and we do like to hear new voices. But we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. And I will be timing, and I will say time when you've gone over three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. And please, no speaker phones. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter A Vision for You. We are on page 156. We will be reading and commenting on paragraph 1 and 2. It starts with One Morning, He Took the Bull ending with have been repaired in four and Ginger C would you read this for us please
3: absolutely can you hear me yes Mm -hmm. oh good morning thank you so much it's so nice too to be on East Coast time this is Ginger C recovered compulsive overeater in Cincinnati Ohio so one morning he took the bull by the horns and set out to tell those he feared what his trouble had been He found himself surprisingly well-received and learned that many knew of his drinking. Stepping into his car, he made the rounds of people he had hurt. He trembled as he went about, for this might mean ruin, particularly to a person in his line of business. At midnight, he came home exhausted, but very happy. He had not had a drink since. As we shall see, he now means A great deal to his community and the major liabilities of 30 years of hard drinking have been repaired in four. Wow, there is just so much. I could like dive into so many parts of these two paragraphs. I'm blown away again. Um, Such a short, simple reading and yet huge, huge message. Um, Most importantly, it just reminds me of 77, it said, remember, it was agreed at the beginning that we would be willing to go to any lengths for victory over alcohol. And that's what Bob's showing us right now, you know, uh, by taking the bull by the horns and setting out to tell those he feared. Um, A price has to be paid, and and it's simple, but it's not easy. You know, you're telling me now to do these nine-step amends. And he doesn't even think anyone knew about his drinking. That's, it just makes me crack up. You know, everybody obviously knows before we do. That's the big joke. But again, he's willing to go to any length for victory. And he, it might mean ruin. His career could be over. But I only have two doors and I have to follow this work precisely. So what option do I have? What choice? And again, thank goodness for the guidance of amazing sponsors that help to remind us of this work and what needs to be done. And we get to do a lot of fear work around it because it's not easy. It's scary. And I'll never forget having to make that phone call to my mom. And I remember telling my sponsor two days prior because he clearly showed me in my fourth column where I had alienated my affection towards this alcoholic mom that left and abandoned me as a child and rejected me in such a great way. I had my part as well, and I needed to do the work. And again, because I didn't want to eat, I was willing to go to any length, but I was scared to death. And I remember telling him two days prior, I said, I don't know, maybe in a couple years I'll make this amends, but I'm just not too sure about this. I haven't talked to this lady in almost 20 years. And he said, well, you don't have two years because you'll be eating. It's only going through this work that I get this this power that I lack. And then the divine miracle, again, I do the possible and God does the impossible because I don't do this stuff. This is not about Ginger. Ginger is an addict that lies. She cheats and she steals. And I'm always self-destructing and and hurting myself. And again, two days later, I'm making this phone call because of God's love, and it was just a miracle. And I was free for the first time. My heart shifted for the first time. I cannot tell you how many times I sat in a therapist chair trying to heal this pain, this brokenness. You know, anger is the number one Uh, a resentment is the number one offender we cannot afford to be angry and really when you're angry you're hurt you have pain so press into that pain do the work and then be set free because 77 tells me my job each and every day is to be with God and to do God's work and if I'm pissed at my mom how can I be thinking of others and doing this work so, so grateful that we have these directions and freedom, and with that, I
0: pass. Thank you, Ginger C. And with that, I'm going to open the floor, and who would like to share on the first two paragraphs on page
4: 56? Charles 156? H.
5: Charles. Katie G. Melanie C. Lucy B.
6: Mary, Mary King. Melanie hey. C. Kim, Kim G. G. Uh, hold Ron on, hold
0: on. <laughs> I am way behind here. Uh, Lisa, Larry. Okay, this is what I got. I have Charles, and I think I heard a Katie. Was there a Melanie? Lisa yes. B, Larry K, and then I think Lance I heard a L Lance. I was going to say something else that started with an L. Kim G. Kim, okay. All right. Melissa
7: C. Melissa. I All right. I'm sorry. Hey. I'm sorry. Could you I'm sorry. repeat the page number? Thank you. Yep.
0: Yep, yep, page 156, the first two paragraphs. Okay, Charles C., I think it's Charles. Charles, and then I think I have a Katie. Charles, go on.
4: Please. Thank you very much, Monica T., for your service. This is Charles H., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, so in order to, to to really get the contents of what Dr. Bob is talking about, I, I have to go back one paragraph It says he went on, he went on a spree that ended all that one of the big time sprees, right? Um, because the alcohol was his greatest persuader and, um, he didn't want to lose his business, but guess what? That thing was gone anyway, <laughs> right? It was gone anyway. This kills the moderation theory. Ain't no moderation. It's a dub. moderate it's over, you know, and vision vision taught me that, you know, even in Virginia beach, when I, when I was tight that they didn't have no orange juice or ketchup. What the heck you talking about, man? I'm binging. I don't care. And I don't care about telling you all that because that's my story, right? But, you know, and, and, and here's a time limit. One day he took the bulls by the horns. That means he worked the steps. It ain't no, who, who's telling people you got to wait 90 days or you got to kiss my foot and I, and I'm the man. And no, no, I am destroyed. I'm broken. I'm meek. Right, I I, I can identify with Dr. Bob. He was broken, and broken don't mean you beat up. It means you done. You done talking. You done playing. It's action, baby. Right? And 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 he was out of control. He was he went on a spree that ended all sprees. It was a king spree. He was done. Right? He, he 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 sought out sorted places. We heard that in the text, right? And he was done playing games. This is a time frame, right? He was absent. And, and and Absinthe alone is a killer, just like a resentment, just like a fear, just like a dishonest act. He took the bulls by the horns. He went about his thing in fear because courage is doing it even if you're afraid. He did it, right? And uh, he became a staple and a, and a fine example for somebody like me. Trust God, clean house, and help others. And with that, I'm
0: out. Thank you, Charles H., Katie G, it's your turn, and then I thank Melanie C.
8: Good morning, Monica. Good morning, my fellows. This is Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic in Boston. Yeah, I mean, I made a lot of, um, I've made a lot of pretty scary amends, and um, some of them were not surprisingly well received. Um, I had companies tell me to stop calling them, to stop contacting their employees because I had done enough damage. And so really, um, what was lovely is that, in each amend, God has always taken care of the outcome, right, because I was very afraid to go to this company that I was fired from, but I knew I had to um also you know as a in my profession, I robbed um the company that I was working with, and I robbed the um patients, and I was able to show up and um it meant it could mean ruin of my profession and um it could have meant ruin of my um everything I could have gone to jail and and god could God took care of it and God has further proven to me information you know Katie maybe you need to not be in that kind of um environment maybe it's not healthy for you anymore if that's if that's the best that you can do <clears throat> but that doesn't mean i'm i'm not a great I, i'm not a um a member of good standing of overeaters anonymous i'm not in a community in which i um have purpose and meaning in my life today because i am you know and um and that's the miracle um <clears throat> amends for me has never been about feeling good right it's about showing up and doing the right thing Um, I tried to make amends to my mother for four years Um, and each and every time she said no and and I had to practice ego reduction in depth because it wasn't about me it wasn't about me getting the getting the recovered status so that I could say I made all my amends because that was doing more harm and I really need to look at that and as I move on in this recovered life God continues to bless me with a lot of really good information about amends that I need to make to continue to be a member in good standing of Overeaters Anonymous. And it requires a lot of humility. It requires a lot of, hey, you know what, Um, I was wrong, and there's nothing you could do or not do to prevent me from behaving that way, and here is what I'm doing to change and to listen, to show up and listen and have other people tell me what it's like to be in relationship relationship with me it's not a punishment but man um, I had a sponsor tell me once humility is seeing myself as I really am and it certainly gives me great pause and reward to know I'm not the best person out there I'm not the worst person out there and when I engage in my defects this is what's going to happen and I'll just close with you know the reality is if I do not do this eating will be a step up so what's scarier for me today thank you God That step up, that eating, is scarier. And I pray that I stay there with the help of all of you and, of course, my God. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Katie G. Melanie C., you're up, and then it'll be Lisa B.
9: Good morning, Monica T. Thank you, everyone. My name is Melanie C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm calling in from Oregon. What a great thing to be able to reflect upon the experience that I had when it came to my opportunity to take the bull by the horns, and it was my debate many times when I had to go before people. And the thing—I mean, it was just a whisper. It was just a, a flash. It was just a thread between that and and going back to where I was at. I got to do this thing, and I remember sitting outside in in my car in three situations in particular where I was trembling before I was to go in and and said to myself, I don't have to do this. I don't have to do this. And thank God this lucid thought came in and said, yeah, yeah, you do have to do this. And so muster, muster, muster whatever it is to be able to go in. And I basically just closed my eyes and walked in. And And this one particular one I think is the one that touched me the deepest is that when I found myself before an offender in a place where I thought I had done no harm. It couldn't possibly be anything that I did any harm to. Looking at this person in the eyes and saying what it was that I needed to say that was my part, the place that I had done the harm to this person, Something happened to me there was this this thing that just exploded in in my brain that I couldn't think the way that I was thinking in that moment before I couldn't feel the way that I was feeling in that moment before it never happened and you see I was in my 60s this was only three years ago when I found myself in a place where I needed to look at these steps again for what was making me so sick still in recovery and I just began to cry because I saw something that I'd never seen before I saw some empathy before I saw decades decades of hatred just melt away in a moment and I saw in this person's eyes a human being not an animal not a wretched wretched toxic thing I saw a human being not that I needed to um, forget what it was that had happened but there was something that happened that never happened before to me for that person and being of service to another human being I was absolutely godstruck godstruck that that could happen and it was because of this the way in which these steps are lined out and and the way it says that I would be going before somebody, if at all possible, and I would see them in the eyes, and I would never have had that had I not looked that person in the eyes at that particular point for me. Something fundamentally changed for me that day and continues to change for me every single day three years ago that I never had before, and I would love to tell you many more, but my time is out. Please do this work. Thank
0: you so much, Melanie C. Lisa B., it's your turn, and then it'll be Larry Kay.
10: Good morning. yee <laughs> My name is My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And thank you, Monica, for your service. This is such an incredible reading. Um, he's describing what is in our big book in the chapter, Into Action. And I was taught that chapter is, uh, it means these are direct acts against my will. And, um, you know, I want to share my experience, strength, and hope. Um, once I finished Step 5 with my sponsor and we reviewed Step 6 and 7, we made the list. The eight, I made the list, the 8-step list, and I began the process. But, you know, that skin, that hard cal- skin started growing over my eyes, my ears, and my heart again. And, you know, it's not up to my sponsor to keep poking at me and encouraging me to go out and do this work. It's up to me. And I found I had to work so hard in praying for the willingness to be willing. I had to, and, of course, willingness is overrated. You know, it's all about action. But I needed to pray that my higher power would please clearly show me how, how I have truly harmed these people. Help me to see clearly what it's been like to be on the receiving end of Lisa. You know, Lisa, an untreated, unrecovered, compulsive overeater. So um, awareness has began to come to me, but I had to do that work. I needed to review step two. Um, And also the value of having someone that has truly done this work. You know, my disease, my illness, loves to minimize things. And if I have a guide that has not completed her her um, amends and the difficult financial amends and all of the amends, she's going to in turn minimize mine. Well, don't expect to get through everything. You know, it's not a big deal. And sadly, that's what happened to me with another sponsor and another fellowship. And I thought, well, I can't expect to get everything done. There's a great podcast by Ruth M. dated April 15 of this year, and it's called Steps 8 and 9, Repairing the Damage. And she gives a great summary of what the big book describes for us and how we can do it i've made amends to people that have died i've made financial amends that i'm still going to be paying for a long time i've made amends to employers i've i mean people that i can't contact you know ghost amends but every amend needs to be made and i need to see the difference of the different types of amends so anyways um also, you know, my sponsor did nudge me one day. I had two more left, my husband and my father, who's no longer here living. And I'm so grateful she spoke up. And she said, I'm concerned about you. You haven't completed your amends. And I got so mad at her, you know, because that's that calloused ego had begun to come back. And I don't know that it's coming back. And she did encourage me to save the more difficult ones to the end because she said that as I do an amend, each time I open up more and more. And that is what happened to me. But I did finally complete them. And I'm so glad I didn't keep dragging my feet. So with that, I pass. Thank you. And I am happy. I love that word happy in that reading. I'd love to look up what that word means. Such a great word. Thank you. I pass.
0: Thank you, Lisa B. Larry K. It's your turn. And then it will be Lance
6: L. Hi, Monica, good morning. Good morning, thanks for your service. The, um, you know, it, it strikes me, how did Dr. Bob get the shift in thinking where he, you know, he moved from a dependency on alcohol to a dependency on God, because I want it. I want it, oh, I want it, and, and I deserve it. Well, let's take a look at what he did, you know, cause we can complicate the heck out of this, right? He went around Akron and he made amends Yes, he took the bull by the horns. He was broken for crying out loud. The guy had a beer that morning that Bill gave him, but he was ready. He was ready. He was given a new state of consciousness. It must have been, right, where he had been transformed because he laid hold of a a source of strength, which in one way or another he previously denied himself. And Overeaters Anonymous is an imperfect group made of imperfect people and I know this because I'm, I always fall short of perfection. I'm like everyone else on this line here, but we strive towards an ideal. That's what Dr. Bob did. He put the alcohol down, and he, he didn't have the 12 steps that we have today, but, but somehow the guy was ready because he became tethered to our creator. Look at the history. He helped thousands of people, never took another drink again the rest of his life. See, the irony is that through surrender, By letting go, we become tethered to God. We find wholeness out of being in the acceptance of limitation, and then we get a sustainable relationship with God. Letting go, by the way, clearly with Dr. Bob, didn't mean he crumbled in the face of fear. Quite the opposite. See, for me, surrender is not a passive verb. It's an active one. It's really, for me, better defined as a decision to cooperate. With my higher power. I don't wave the white flag and lay down on the battlefield waiting to die. Dr. Bob didn't do that. He waved the white flag and said, admitted defeat. And now he marched forward throughout Akron and he got a new life. Holy crap, right? At some point, I noticed this new way of living where I'm no longer fighting for relevance and domination of everything, I'm no longer struggling because I have peace. Where does the peace come? Through the submission to a power greater than me. So when the bullets are flying all around me, I feel serene, only by the grace of God. With that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry Kay. Lance L., it's your turn, and then it'll be Kim G.
11: Good morning, everyone. This is Lance L. I'm a recovered, compulsive eater from California. Um... You know, grabbing a bull by the horns is not easy It's a struggle. Those things are massive, and they're powerful. And, you know, what Dr. Bob did here is he did not give up. The next thing he did, he didn't sit back and, and, and take a break. He leapt into action, and he went out. And he did things against all of his fears. You know, fear for me is that corroding thread. It's that corroding thread that, that touches every aspect of my life. And um, I think back and every time I sat down and gave up, most times fear was there. It was there in it and I knew it. You know, lingering and sitting around in this program is dangerous. You know, being on this line and just listening, doing no action after it's dangerous for me. Um, I avoided people. I avoided places. Uh, resentment was my number one offender. And, uh, in, until I was able to work through that, there, there was no way I was going to face anybody. You know, I, I, w- I was more upset at myself and more fearful of them that, you know, I, I couldn't face anybody. Um, you know, the, 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 surprising thing about this is every one of my amends that were made, I did not expect them to end that way, every single one. I always expected it to end in something worse. I always feared that it was something else was going to happen, and you know, su- su- surprisingly, it was well received. Um, I'm very happy today. My family is very happy today. My friends, they're happier today. And it's beautiful because I have a lot to offer this world with a sober mind. Thank you. I pass.
0: Thank you, Lance Al. Kim G, it's your turn and then it'll be Melissa C. Good morning, Monica. Good morning,
12: everyone. My name is Kim G, a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. He has not had a drink since. I mean, that to me is that's what I wanted. But what has happened what happened to all the stuff before? We're talking about all the stuff. What led up to him never having to drink again? You know, we talked about Charles Mint's that bender to add on Benders, which I love because it was an Atlantic City just eat
11: and Exercise more.
12: And then Bill so what happened? He he Bill taught him that doctor's opinion. He taught him what he suffered from. He did the stuff with a fervor he never felt before. Because remember, Bill Bob was in the Oxford group. He was trying to do these tenants while drunk, and nothing was happening. But the thing he resisted after Bill helped him was doing these amends. And his resistance to doing the amends, he drank again. So when he came back, Bill went through those tenants. He went back through those steps. And he understood that he he didn't do this 100%. He would drink again. So what does that tell me when I look back at my own OA experience? I think of sayings like, take what you want and leave the rest. Which was intended for people's opinions, but a lot of us, including me, take it as I'm going to do the steps or not do the steps. You know, for me personally, the most dangerous thing I read in R12 and 12 was that we can do the steps to get abstinent or we can get abstinent to do the steps. That's not what my book tells me. I did the OA waltz for years, step one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, which always led to relapse. I did the steps like a twister game. I'm just going to randomly do the steps in any particular order, right-hand red, left-hand blue. Big one is, well, 10-11 is what keeps me abstinent. I'm not going to worry about one through nine. I'm just going to do 10 and 11. You know, the one that always puts the hair on the top of my back of my neck is when someone says, yeah, I did the steps last year. The steps never end. No, I'm told to keep it green. Remember my last drunk. I can't do that. I don't have the ability. I don't have the the, the ability to remember. But if I work with people, if I'm working with other people, I am constantly in this step work. That's how I remember. So I think of the line on page 85, that warning after we've had that spiritual awakening, that every day is a day we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. Because it's where we're not doing the steps, what we're resisting like Bob resisted here, that the disease will get in. So if you're in the beginning of this process, what is it that you're saying you're balking at? Oh, my sponsor wants me to do that. I don't, that's way too much. I know for myself, I often get people who want to do the minimum. I say make two phone calls a day. They make two phone calls and then they try to barter. Well, a text counts, a voicemail counts, right? Where am I letting up on my spiritual condition? Whether I'm in the beginning of this work or I've completed the work. And I'm going to end with this. My experience is When you work the steps 100% of the time, the steps work 100% of the time. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim G. Melissa C., it's your turn.
13: Hi. Good morning, Monica. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, you know, I think about this guy who – was enjoying in his mind a reputation that he didn't want to let go of and that he feared he didn't deserve. And um, and that's why, you know, he was resistant um, to make the amends. And, boy, I could relate to that. You know, my, my personal, you know, I made many amends. But the ones, there was one in particular that was so difficult. It was um, to a coworker. And um, I had collected candy um, to deliver. I was my daughter's Girl Scout leader um, for the troop. And a part of what we did was we collected candy after Halloween um, to send overseas or to send to troops who were serving. And I'm a compulsive overeater who has no business, you know, in an unrecovered state handling candy. That's not mine. And so uh, it's no surprise that I ate it. And, you know, part of my amends um, was, uh, yeah, I made the financial restitution to the, the troops and to my Girl Scout troop um, because I, you know, I used my position to get what I wanted and I needed to clean that up. But I also actually had to go to a co um, and and let her know that her donation didn't make it where it was supposed to be. And... And, I, and I, that was part of my amends, and I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that because I was enjoying a reputation at work, or so I believed, you know, and I was full of um, judgment towards this particular woman. Um, I believed she was part of this gossipy, clicky inner circle, and I didn't want my business out there. And you know what? When you're pressed against the wall and your choice is, eat and die, or clean up your crap, Um, it became clear to me I did not want to go back to the food. And I did go to her and and talk about it was fearless because I realized it was going to be okay if they talked about me or not. I wasn't that important. Um, I don't know to this day if her inner clique knows what I did. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm looking. We do these events because we're looking to get a relationship with power. We're looking to get a relationship with God. And I knew um, it was going to be okay. I was going to trust God here. And, you know, and I'll just kind of quickly close with this. How do you find out that this power is worthy of your trust? You begin to trust it. And that's what happened to me. The easy amends did not build my relationship with God quite the same way as the difficult ones. And, yeah, I have not returned to food since.
0: Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. And for those who may have come on a little bit later, we are on page 156. We are commenting on paragraphs one and two that starts, One morning he took the bull by the horns, ending with, 30 years of hard drinking have been repaired in four. And who else would like to share this morning?
14: Vasa R.
0: I saw some R. Sandy S. I heard there was somebody R. NASA R. NASA. Okay. NASA R VO. NASA R Kelly. Cheryl C. Cheryl C and I heard someone else at the same time.
7: Sandy S. Sandy. S or F? S is in Sandy. Okay.
0: Three, four, five. One more? Okay, we'll go with this. Vasa O, Nessa R, Kelly S, I think it was, Cheryl C, and Sandy S. Go ahead, Vasa.
14: Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recover compulsive Alvita. calling from uh, Florida. And thank you, Monica, for your service. I believe it's me first. Okay.
12: Go ahead, Vasa. Anyways,
14: yeah, thank you again. I, uh, I remember coming to Overeaters Anonymous. I just had no clue what was going to happen, you know. I had no understanding. I was just going to come, lose the weight, and leave. That was my, my, you know, my hope. And I remember when I saw thin people around had been there for years, I remember saying, why are you still here? But anyways, I needed to learn more and more. I came for the vanity, stayed for the sanity. Thank you, God. And I took the bull by the horn. I had enough pain and suffering, and I didn't want to die. And, yeah, I did put the food on. Again, it is, I give the, uh, the, the praise to God and the 12 steps and the people that uh, carried the message over the years, to me, and uh, yes, I haven't had, I, I haven't broken my abstinence. It's by the grace of God, has been three decades and few years, and I don't even count any longer. And I had no clue I was going to do more than what you know, just lose the weight. And that said, well, my sponsor said, you know, if you don't work the rest of the steps, you're going to go back into the food. So that, that's why I stayed in the program, and that's why. I was ready and willing to do, yes, it was painful, even it was more painful to go through step four to list the to you know list the my resentments, the cause and the effects in many ways when I did step four it was it felt good. you know now I can get angry at the people, I justify my anger with people that had hurt me, yeah, and it I got a lot of anger by writing the fourth step. And then the turnaround came, have I done anything, what these people had done to me? And I remember saying, well, no I, know, no, I was not as bad. I didn't do as much hurt and pain, but I did. It doesn't matter how much I did. And again, going through the steps, and now I had to make amends to my daughter again just before we came to Florida. And I had made amends to her before, but I needed to humble her myself again. I wrote her a uh, birthday card and a little gift certificate and another letter in there. And she brought stuff that I, that I had abused her as a child. And to me, I didn't see it as, a, as an abuse. I saw it as a, as a discipline if she didn't do what, I had asked her one a few times to do put on time t- on, the, on time on the chair. Well, she did some of those things, but again, it doesn't matter. If this was gonna, I, this is my last. This is my last right. announcement. I'll um, wrap it up. If this, I, I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be bad if I made the dance again. If this is going to make her feel better, that's great. If not, that's it. I'm done. Thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Vasa O. Nessa R. It's your turn, followed by Kelly S., I think it is. Hi, good morning, Vision Free.
15: This is Nessa R, a COVID-compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Many knew of his drinking. You know, I think one of the telltale signs of active addiction is the inability to differentiate the the true from the false. Um, You know, all the myriads of excuses that i made in order to stay in the food you know i i rarely um ate uh, the way i wanted to eat in front of people you know most of my my binging was in secret you know at night in the basement in my car you know um and i thought you know nobody really knows <laughs> and of course you know i'm wearing 70 extra pounds but nobody knows and so i totally lying to myself because of course I wasn't lying to others. And so, you know, it all starts with the food, my drug of no choice. You know, I I have to admit my powerlessness. I have to conceive to my innermost self that I have never been able to control. And I will never be able to control this and all the sex work. And we work and according to the big book that only if the entire abstinence. You know, it is impossible to get a result from the steps, at least I wasn't able to get a result from the steps. Um, While well, I was still you could know, buy step one is step one, um, and the steps need to be worked in order. You know, it's very easy to see why somebody who is drunk on alcohol or high on drugs cannot work um, the steps uh, uh, effectively to get recovered. But somehow we delude ourselves that food is different. And the reason we do that is because, you know, the effects of food are not as immediately punishing and severe um, as the um, the effects of alcohol or drugs. I mean, eventually it's punishing and severe, but but not at the very beginning. And so we delude ourselves that I can function, if I can function, then I can work the stuff. And that's not the case. That is not the case. You know, the food has to be down. I have to admit that I cannot control, and I'll, I'll never be able to control. If my binge, one of my binge ingredients is sugar, you know, it's not enough for me to let go of um, of candy and cake. I have to let go of ice cream. I have to let go of all the hidden sugars in tomato sauces, in whatever. You know, I cannot use sugar and taste sugar in any form at all. And the food has to be down, and this is what this tells me, you know, you know, Doctor Bob, put the food down, uh, put the drink down, and then he worked all the steps, you know, and it, it has to work in that order, or it doesn't work, at least not in my experience. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Nessa R. Kelly S. It's your turn, followed by Cheryl C. <laughs>
16: Thanks, Monica. It's Kelly S., um, the covered compulsive overeater in Oklahoma. Grateful to be here. Um, so one morning he took the bull by the horns and set out to tell those he feared. Um, I think about, you know, back in Into Action, into action when it's talking about doing this step, um, you know, that we have to be painstaking when we do this. And um, you know, the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. So I know I shared this last week. I'm going to share it again. Um, so I've been around for 30-something years, and like somebody else shared, I said, I said, I worked these steps. I have the booklets to prove it, right? So I had done the questions for steps eight and nine. Well, I've done it. I had done them all, right? So check them off the list. And uh, I never went out and made direct amends. I'm not sure where that didn't happen. <laughs> you know, we hear what we're supposed to hear, right? You know, um, obviously at that time that wasn't being practiced and so i didn't go out and make direct amends but i thought i had done that step so in my mind these steps did not work and then i heard you guys and i went to this big book and it told me i had to go out and make direct amends i had to be painstaking and go to these people and you know i would hear the we would read the promises all the time in the meetings that i would go to i'm like those promises aren't happening to me i never heard these were ninth step promises i had to get through these steps to have these promises not even in step 10 that we're promised this neutrality that I kept waiting to get zapped for, right? And so, you know, I have been around for a long time. And so, three and a half years ago, I put the food down, like I talked about the doctor's opinion, and I started working these steps. I went out and made direct amends for the first time ever. And, God, oh my gosh, I have freedom today. Like, I had some resentments, especially one towards my dad, that I never thought I would let go of. And that is definitely my higher power, which I choose to call God, because God you know, allowed me to see where I owed this man amends. Because I'm like, uh, hell no, you know, you don't know what my childhood was like. I don't owe this guy amends. And I found forgiveness in my heart only through these steps and working this program. And I went to him and I made amends. And I'm not kidding you guys. I've had a peace and a freedom I never thought possible so yeah i have neutrality with food that's a freaking gift but to get peace in your heart i can't make that happen either this all happens neutrality with food peace in your heart the freedom to do life on god's terms all come from this program so you know what works these steps you know being painstaking you know living these steps Not just answering questions, not just doing that. You have to get out and apply these principles in every area of my life. And I can't take it piecemeal. I can't play the twister game. You know, I have to do it in order as they're written. And then it works. And I'm almost 56, and today, for three and a half years, I do have a life beyond my wildest dreams. And I always make fun of the slogans, but guess what? It is happening for me. So if you have been around forever and you thought you were seemingly helpless, that's all it is, seemingly do these steps. Glad to be here. Thanks, Monica.
0: Thanks, Kelly S. Cheryl C., it's your turn, followed by Sandy S.
5: This is Cheryl C., can you hear me? Sure can. Okay, Um, this is Cheryl C., a recovery compulsive overeater from Louisville, Kentucky. And um, I don't normally share on the line. It's been years. I've been listening, but not sharing. But um, I was um, struck today by um, the reading and how um, the person who is giving his amends was um, surprised by people's reaction and, um, and, you know, it, I was thinking back to the first time I worked the 12 steps and you know I had a psychic change that really came in just an epiphany of you know more compassion for myself and others Um, but um, I couldn't you know I I really that's how I felt but I couldn't really see the change in myself Um, and my boss uh, approached me at one point and said that she felt like I had blossomed and um she you know and and um and I was thinking about how i had um, how I had been um had encountered with my boss before in the past, where she would tell my supervisor that she had have felt that I had acted unprofessional at times um and you know my supervisor was trying to help me um you know with my job and and i was always very surprised um by and kind of intimidated by my boss um as a result but you know it was it was just interesting though it was like i was um the program you know through working the steps to having the psychic change i was kind of having like a living amends with my um my boss even though um you know i i hadn't even written an eight-step, you know, gone through the eight-step amends process with her to make a direct amends, I still felt like um, you know, it was an amends type process, uh, just um and I didn't even know it. You know, it was just as I was didn't really know how I was acting before I had gone through the 12 steps, um, that was unprofessional. Now it was like I was more more professional and um, and able to manage things better. And I I didn't really even know it, um, even though I was feeling more spiritually uplifted and felt more compassion. Um, it was just really, you know, an interesting process. So I just wanted to share that because um, it was a revelation, you know, while I was reading and listening. And um,
7: I thank you for the opportunity and I passed.
0: Thank you, Cheryl C.
7: Sandy S. It's your turn. Thank you. Hi, this is Sandy S from Nashville. I like the idea of taking the bull by the horns, and um, you know, and tell those he feared what his trouble would be. One of my biggest fears with the um, ninth step was I'd stolen so much stuff at work; it was like insane and um, it was embarrassing. You know, staplers. And, God knows what I mean I just didn't know how I was going to make the amends and you know I'd been retired for a while what I did was I called up the um, personnel office at the Board of Education and um, you know I, I made a donation for the for the money for the money I had for the stuff I had taken it, it I didn't know the exact amount but it was It was a sizable amount, and it felt really good. It was to help future teachers. It was like a support kind of thing. And I just had such a sense of relief. That was one of my most difficult amends because I couldn't figure out how to do it in a way that wouldn't harm me, that 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 would be truthfully, you know, an amend. And I I don't steal stuff anymore, you know, like inadvertently. I mean, that was inadvertently. (laughs) I mean, it was pretty bad. The most powerful amends was the first one I made to my mother, and she died in April. And, you know, she said to me, Sandy, I forgive you everything. And it was just amazing. And I said, Mom, I forgive you everything. And it just was such a clean way to deal with everything in the past. And then, you know, I continued with my mom. I still made mistakes 10 10, 11, and 12, basically. And she always forgave me, and I forgave her. And I think, you know, the living amends is where it's at. And with people I'm really close to, like my mom, like my husband, I'm going to keep making mistakes again. I don't want to, you know, I want to perfectly love them. But unfortunately, you know, I'm not able to live up to my standards. It's, it's you know, what God wants me to be. So, The beauty of this is to just, in the 10th step, to be able to make the amends every day and see steady progress. And I just want to share the biggest amends for my husband right now. It's just I keep making him my higher power. I keep trying to control his life, you know, so my higher power will be there for me. And just one day at a time, you know, it's in my actions. I pray to God how I could truly be supportive and let him have his own higher power. Only that I pass.
0: Thank you, Sandy S. And once again, we've come to the end of our time so quickly here. Thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second, unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And the share ID for today's meeting, Monday, November 12th, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 12167. One, two, one, six, seven. And Allison L., would you read for us, please, from page 164?